Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Garrett Wilson, here he goes. Goodbye and hello end zone. And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we're going to talk a little bit about what happened on the offensive side of the ball for the New York Jets. What went right, what went wrong. If you watched the game, you know that there was plenty that went wrong. And we're going to do it with our friend who is a two-time all-state wide receiver down in the state of Texas, then went on to become a star wide receiver for the Texas Longhorns, played for the Raiders. As you know, if you listen to this show, he had a huge hand in the development of Garrett Wilson, the number 10 overall pick, Jets wide receiver. He worked with him as a personal coach and mentor, Mike Davis. Mike, welcome back to the show, man. Really glad to have you. Yeah, man. It's always a pleasure to get on the show and be able to talk some football. You know, ain't nothing like talking football. We're going to be doing this on a regular basis throughout the season because Mike is going to keep a close eye on the Jets. Garrett Wilson is playing for them, so he has a vested interest in what they do, especially on offense. I want to start with Garrett Wilson, Mike. For starters, tell me about what you noticed with him because he seemed to do really well when given the opportunity, but there weren't a ton of snaps for him, at least early in the game. A lot of his snaps came after the game was more or less over, the result wasn't in doubt. What did you see, though, when he got his opportunities? That third and 17 that he almost somehow turned into a first down, that was like magic. I mean, that's the reason why I feel like he was the number 10 pick in the draft. I mean, he's special with the ball in his hands. Uh, I mean, he, he he's going to make you miss in open space. Uh, that's what he do, though. You know, that's, that's, that's the other part. 
you know, that's about his game that make him a little special because I mean it's for him, uh he he, he can do it he can do a little bit of it all. So I mean, like I say you throw it up, he go get it. You know, you put in his hands open open field, he can make a guy miss or two, like he did on third seventeen. Uh he's aggressive, you know, and I mean he'll get open. So I think that, you know, it's just one of those things when you look at the game, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody wonder why he's not in as much and getting as many snaps for me too, you know, but I I kind of know how it is. I've been there, done that, and uh, you know, guys kind of slowly roll him in there. And uh, I'm pretty sure by watching film, uh, I think that he's, I think they, you know, gonna gonna let it roll and know that he he needs to be on the field, you know, more than a couple snaps. So hopefully they fix that and uh, and get their get their first win this Sunday. How surprised were you that they didn't use him as much as a lot of fans were anticipating, especially considering how poorly the offense was doing early on in the game? Robert Salas said in the press conference after the game that they used 13 personnel. They had a lot of two tight end sets, and that's why Garrett Wilson wasn't in as much. But you would figure that after it didn't work for a full half, they would adjust and try and get one of their best weapons out there on the field. And yet Garrett Wilson still sat on the bench for way too much of this game. How surprised were you about that? Man, I was really surprised, honestly. Uh, one, because ever since he, you know, got drafted and actually stepped a toe, you know, in New York and on that field in that facility, you know, he made a major impact. You know, uh, everybody in the building love him. You know, the teammates already love him a lot. Speak really, really highly of him. And also he had a great camp, man. And, you know, we got a we got a guy that went number ten. You know, I mean, look at Drake London for the Falcons. He out there all day. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and and this and they and they went to the wire with the Saints, which the Saints is a really good team. Chris Olave was out there as well too. So, you know, when you got a guy where you invest all that that money into and you really believe in his ability and draft him that high, I'm. I mean, for a lot, a lot of the times, those guys really be out there on their field. You know, a little bit more than Garrett was, but. You know, like you know, like some I always talk to him about just you know your time will come, your time will come, seize your opportunity, and, and make sure that you know you stay there. You know, you stay on the field. You know what I'm saying? So I was really surprised. Uh, and like I said, for him having a good camp that he had, I, I was it was just it was really surprising because I just knew, you know, that even if they wasn't 13 personnel, like he could have easily swapped out or been out there with Elijah Moore or or him and Corey Davis, or, you know, whatever. They could have mixed it up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They could have did something. But just keeping him over there, keeping him cold, and not let him heat up and get warm, getting his feet wet early. I just feel like, you know, that's, that's you know, they could have had that had that offense rolling a little bit better. But also, we got to uh, we gotta protect Joe Flacco a little bit more, too. So I'm just not going to put it all on, you know, Garrett being out there for the, for the game. But we got to protect the quarterback. You know, just they just got you know, a couple. I mean, some pretty good receivers, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we can't protect. It's gonna be hard to get anybody, get time to get anybody the ball. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not just gonna do it like that. But, but I was just really surprised that Garrett went out there a lot because he had a good cramp, a good camp, and they speak highly of him. And as they, they as they were speaking of him, I'm thinking that he's gonna be out there, you know, at least fifty percent of the time. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Mike, since you brought up Joe Flacco, let's talk about him. As you mentioned, the offensive line had a lot of trouble, and we'll come back to them. But one thing that you noticed about Joe Flacco, if you go back and watch the tape, is that even when he had time to throw, he seemed to be slow. He wasn't processing well. A lot of times there were open receivers that he didn't see. He pulled the trigger late, and he would throw the ball into the dirt or check down instead of going for an open receiver down the field. Tell me a little bit about what you saw from Joe Flacco. Were you surprised that a guy with this much experience would look that hesitant? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, because, you know, he's uh, he, he a vet. You know, he's a regular he, he mean, Super Bowl champion. He's a vet, man. And you would think that he, uh, you know, he had his thing dialed up. You know, he'd been, he been in the league for you know, a lot of years. Uh, that was kind of a surprise to me. I'm like, Joe Flacco, you don't see him open? You know, but I, we, we just never know, you know, what goes on between these quarterback eyes and they, and they brain what they're thinking and, you know, why they do some things they do because their position is so, so crazy. I mean, it's the hardest position to play, in my opinion. Uh, and it's just so much. You just, I, you just, you just can never know until you actually talk to them and, and see why they make decisions that they make. But uh, I was very surprised though, because it was times that guys run open. And he, he just, I don't know if he didn't believe in his, believe in his arm, or I don't know really what it was. But I expected a little bit better. Mike, how much of his struggles do you think were Flacco's fault, and how much do you think were the offensive line's fault? Would you say it's a mixture of both, like a fifty-fifty? Was it more Flacco than the O line, more O line than Flacco? What'd you think from watching? I think he had more time to deliver a throw. And him actually not having time to throw. So I'll probably go 60-40. Joe Flacco, you know, in the line 40%. Let's talk a little bit more about the wide receivers now because we discussed Garrett Wilson, <clears throat> but 
If you look at the tape, mm-hmm. Elijah Moore was open a fair amount of the time. Joe Flacco couldn't get him the ball, which annoyed me, Mike, because my daily fantasy entry over at prizepicks.com included Elijah Moore to do better than his player projection, which was 51 yards. He only got 49, and Flacco not seeing him open is part of the reason for that. I'm hoping to do better this week. I think I'm going to take Garrett as one of my player projections because I think the Jets are going to go to him early and often this week, try to prove that they learn from their mistake of not using him as much in week number one. And you can get in on the fun too over at prizepicks.com. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people, just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you want. So it could be the NFL or college football if you want to go with football, the NBA or college basketball, MLB, the PGA, UFC, tennis, any sport you want. They've got you covered over at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code PLAJ. If you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code PLAJ at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to 100 bucks over at prizepicks.com. I just talked about how Elijah Moore was one of my player entries last week, and Garrett Wilson might be one of my player entries this week, but another one of my player entries last week was Corey Davis, and I know Corey Davis dropped that pass early on, and Mike, this is something you have a lot of experience with. That ball was thrown behind him, and while he probably still should have caught the ball, it wasn't a pretty throw, and it was wet. Talk a little bit about what you saw from Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, even Brexton Berrios a little bit because he got involved. And tell me about how much more difficult it is for a wide receiver when the ball is wet to make a catch like that, especially when the ball's behind you. Because that's something I kept thinking about as everybody was trashing Corey Davis. Yes, he should have caught the ball, but it wasn't a pretty throw and the ball was wet on top of it. So I have to give Corey Davis at least a little bit of slack there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, what people don't understand is, you know, it's tough, man. Uh, especially when you got those kind of those weather conditions, man. And especially when this ball is slick and wet. I mean, it's just tough. It's just tough. Especially when it's not kind of pretty much in your chest or in your or your stomach. Sometimes, sometimes the hands it might drop right in the bread basket. But like that throw right there in particular, like you know, got to reach back and try to get it. I mean, I'm a receiver, so you know, we never want to make excuses. So if it hit our skin, we got to bring it in. We gotta try. We gotta try. That's, that's what. That's what they pay us for. But at the same time, is I mean, it's still, still pretty tough. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he needs to be getting bad, be getting bad as much as he, he's been getting. But I mean, that's that's not that's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, but I mean, planning planning those conditions, man. It's 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 not it's just not easy as everybody think it is. But I mean, overall, the receiver court did okay. You know. I think if Joe, I mean uh, uh, Joe Flacco was able to look look down the field and you know get the ball out, I mean we we we'll be talking about a different different deal right now, you know. But since he didn't, kind of slow reading stuff, kind of slow seeing stuff, you know, and holding the ball a little bit too long sometimes, you know, it just you know kind of really getting on going offensively. So that's how that's how it happened. But uh, Corey Corey and Braxton and Elijah, those guys, man, they got a nice little receiving core and. And like I said, hopefully, you know, everything could be better this week. 
and I, and I know it will, you know, and we'll just have to wait till Sunday. Mike, what about the running game? As we said, the offensive line is the lifeblood. I don't want to keep repeating myself on that. What the running backs are able to do is contingent, at least in part, on the offensive line. You had Michael Carter, who really breathed some life. And I like the fact that he has so much energy and really seems to fire everybody up. He's really the engine that makes oh, yeah. that Jets offense go. And then Brees Hall, the rookie second rounder out of Iowa State, really loved that pick. And I thought he did some nice things in this game. He had two straight first down runs. But, of course, what everybody's going to remember is that bad fumble, which 800 carries yeah. at Iowa State, and he had three fumbles. So it's not something that generally happened to him there. He said he's going to learn from that and make sure it doesn't happen again. What did you think watching those two guys, Carter and Hall, do you agree with what I was saying about Michael Carter being the spark that makes the engine of the Jets' offense go? And also, Brees Hall, did you see enough positives to make you bullish on that running game going forward? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, do, I do think Michael Carter have a lot of energy. Uh, he definitely get, get everybody going. Um, great dude, man. Great dude. And um, But... Yeah, Brees, yeah, that was unfortunate for Brees Hall, man. But that that I really love the two backs that just got man. The future is bright. Um, you know, and like I said, Brees don't really put the ball on the ground like that. But like I said, everybody, you know, it, it happens to the best of us, man. It's hard to go out there every Sunday. That's a hard job to do. Uh it's a fun job, of course, but it's still a hard job to do every day, every 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 day in practice, uh, or every day on Sundays in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people. Uh you know, but it's a job, you know, and you gotta find a way to get it done no matter what. And just try to be consistent throughout the weeks. But overall, man, like I said, Brees recent Michael Carter gonna be real good, man. It's gonna be fun to watch those guys. How next, next Sunday and on the whole rest of, rest of the season. Were you surprised that the Jets tight ends didn't really do much in this game? I know in garbage time is when Tyler Conklin made his play. He got that touchdown. But we heard all offseason that the Jets, who had gotten C.J. Ozama and Tyler Conklin and drafted Jeremy Ruckert, were going to be able to incorporate those tight ends into the offense. And that was the excuse, by the way, as we said, for why Garrett Wilson wasn't more involved. Yet we didn't see a whole lot from the tight ends. It felt like C.J. Ozama wasn't even in there. I know he played a fair amount of snaps, but it seemed like he was invisible watching the game. They didn't appear to game plan much for the tight ends. Did that surprise you? And what did you think of their performance overall? Did you think that was more a matter of they weren't cashing in on opportunities or LaFleur wasn't doing the best job of putting everybody in the best position to succeed? What did you think? Uh, I think it's a little bit of everything, man. Um, yeah, I don't think CJ got any. I don't think he got any catches. Um, and and Conklin, I mean, yeah, you know, like, I mean, he got the ball thrown some, you know, probably five or six, seven times. You know, uh, it's just it's just the groove of things. You know, you got to get in the rhythm. They might got to have those guys get in the rhythm early um, and get, just get the ball out to the playmakers. And you know, CJ would be a really good, really, really good help. That's why they brought him over there. But it was kind of surprising that he wasn't really, really, really involved like that. You know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, what he what he's doing last year. You know, and that's it. That's his big playability that he do got. You know, but not not seeing that on the field at all like that. You know, it's kind of surprising to me. But I think it's just overall that they just got to settle in and uh, kind of know what they got. And, you know, and and you know, play with what they have. You know, uh, they got some guys, man. They. This Jets team is actually pretty good. It's gonna be pretty special here soon, and I mean they go, they go, they go wake the world up here in a little bit. But uh, that's that's week one, you know. Week one, you know, you look at the film and you know, kind of shake everything off. I think this week will be a different week. 
How about overall for the offense, Mike? What would you give as the overall grade? And what did you think of the job that Mike LaFleur did? He got criticized a lot, at least early on in the year last year. Then he seemed to do better later in the season. This game, it seemed like not much that he was doing was working. Jets offense really didn't get much going all day. What do you think about how Mike LaFleur operated in this game? And what kind of grade would you give him? The stuff that he called, because I was actually seeing some concepts that he was running. And I, you know, how he was trying to do things and, you know, motion guys around. I, I seen, and, I, and guys were running free and running open. You know, I, I think his plan was actually, his game plan was actually good. It's just, at the end of the day, the coach could go do that. But as players, we got to execute, you know, at, at the end of the day. We got to be able to execute the plays. That's why we practice every, you know, every day and we go with them. But we got to be able to, you know, execute and, you know, make sure we be preparing, they well prepared as players to go out here and, and execute. That's that's what it's about. So, but I think everything I've seen, it, it wasn't, you know, like horrible. Like he doesn't know what he was doing, but you know, it just, Joe Flacco, it just started from Joe Flacco, the line gave him time and made the right reads. And I think he did those three things get accomplished to just win that game. Because they weren't like the Ravens were just really just, you know, torching it just like that. I mean, <laughs> but it's just one of those games where it just didn't go as planned. Um, but I, if I was a grade of my, I give, I give, I give him probably, you know, I'm probably a, a C plus, B minus. Mike, if you were game planning for this next game coming up against the Cleveland Browns, what would you be focusing on in terms of making things better for the offense than they were in Week One? We know that obviously Garrett Wilson playing more is going to be at the top of your list. But what else would you be doing to try and improve the offense in the upcoming matchup against the Browns? Well, I, I'll be trying to make sure I get the ball, you know, I, you know, the quarterback hands a little quicker, uh, some quick and easy concepts. Uh, we go, we go, we go, we go, we go. Make sure Miles Garrett is getting chipped every play. <laughs> we got for any passing play, we are chipping him. We, we trying to hit him in his ribs every time he come off that edge. Uh, slow him down. Um, Shoot, kind of spread it out. I like to see a full wide sometimes. And, you know, for any football team, you know, I you know, I like to get the run game going more. Uh and let Brees, let Brees and, and, and Michael kinda of wear them out a little bit, get some play actions, kinda of do a look, kinda of, kinda of, kinda of really get it going and, and setting the tone, setting the tempo, you know, and just and just winning up front, trying to get some things going and and, and marching down the field on them. But uh, that's that's kind of what I'll be doing. I, and I also try to make sure, you know, have me some max protects in so I can take some shots because, I mean, it's a big, it's a big play receivers out a lot more and, and Corey and Garrett, even Brax, you know, I think taking some shots too down the field. You see that one high, one high coverage. But, uh, you know, but I, I try to make sure my line is, is well in sync and uh, we all doing our job there first and foremost, and then make sure we just really dialing into that film and just going over the things that we missed that we could have hit, you know, that Joe could have, that Joe could have hit for big plays. And that's, that'll be, that'll be what I'll be stressing all week this week. Cause I mean, the Browns is, Browns is pretty good on defense, you know, and you know, you got to deal with that, that Miles Garrett, they got really good DBs. Um, they got a nice little front seven as well on the defense, but I think that this, uh, uh actually be a, be a pretty good game.
Mike, last question for you. A lot of talk about what Robert Sala said earlier this week about how he's keeping tabs on the people that are doubting the Jets. He's going to have receipts, and he can't wait to stick it up the butts of the people that are doubting the Jets. He's talking a lot about how he still believes in the team and how everybody needs to just relax because there's not going to be instant results. Of course, as I've said, nobody wants instant results. Jets fans have been waiting for something, anything to cheer about for many, many years. It's been a long time, so it's not just like Jets fans are sitting here going, turn this around right now within two games they've had plenty of patience yeah. over the years and i think this is where it's starting to wear thin tell me a little bit about what it's like to be in the locker room and hear a coach talk like that is that something that galvanizes the players is it something that could backfire on robert sala if the team doesn't start winning quickly what do you think i, I want to say it's kind of like you know not too much of it but kind of like putting a little target on your back a little bit because now now you got these fans now we, we really want to see what you really about, or what what you got planned, or just we gonna be really we gonna really be dialing into every little thing. So it's almost like you better you better come with it, you know. But I, I, I mean, you know, like you said, but for for Jets fans, it, it's you know they're tired of waiting and they want they want to win and they like come on, let's I let's go. You over here now? Let's let's see. You know, I want I want I want I want, I want to get to the playoffs. You know, something. But uh, I mean, if he I mean, like I said, I think he got, you know, maybe a year, a two, to try to do something. If not, you know, you know how the NFL is, he might be gone. But uh, I think, I think he, I think he actually with this Jets team, I think he actually put it together, man. This Jets team is not the. I don't think it's the same Jets team as you know the previous years. I think this team got a lot of talent. Uh, they just got to put it together, not and, and I do, I do think that uh, you know moving forward. It's gonna be some. It's gonna be some better games, some good games, and you know, hopefully, some some good wins. Uh, these next these next weeks. So, I don't. I don't really know, honestly. How this gonna go? But uh, I do feel like it's kind of a little target on the little target on his back. But you know, hey, hopefully, you know, he back it. He back it up. Two-time Texas All-State selection in high school. One of the great all-time Texas Longhorns wide receivers, former member of the Raiders, and for our purposes, most importantly, coach and mentor of Jets rookie wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Mike Davis. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down what you saw from the Jets offense in week number one with me. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to doing this with you on a weekly basis. Also looking forward to getting you more and more content on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got two brand new videos up. One of them shows you how awesome Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed were in coverage on Sunday against the Ravens. The other breaks down the offensive line, the pros, the cons. It was a bit of a mixed bag, so make sure that you watch those videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our website, playlikeajet.com, and our store over at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, Caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's t-e-e-public.com, and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.